money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, and training. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. But here we go with our tip of the week. So uh, flip the script. So what does that mean? We were talking a little bit earlier tonight about, well, what do you do when you have that house that the seller wants full price for, full retail for? And I said, if you can't beat them, join them. So what does that mean? If you can't solve for X, then you solve for Y. What does that mean? Well, if you can't get that property at 70% of ARV minus repairs, which is often what I refer to as solving for X, right? Solving for that offer price that's going to make us money, then we're going to have to solve for Y, which is we're going to have to find a buyer who's willing to pay that price or more than what you have it contracted for. So guys, I don't want to ever hear any of you say, the market's too tight, the market's too strong, there are no deals, everyone wants full price. That's a problem, right? You gotta solve it. The way that you solve it is solving for why, finding buyers who will pay more than retail. And who are those buyers? Someone said hedge funds, someone said the iBuyer, someone said Open Door, someone said Redfin, someone said all of these different companies who are okay with doing what? Losing money, what? Yes, they're okay with losing money and they're got a billion dollar valuation. So is it okay with you guys if we help them lose money so that we don't have to? I hope you would all say, yes, let's do that. I want to help you on your mission and your journey, right? Uh, but I want you guys to also be thinking outside of the box because I'll tell you, uh, I've been part of the Real Estate Investor Association. The first one I joined, I joined in 2003. And, and since 2003, and literally every year after that, I have had someone come up to me after the meeting to tell me that, Chinoa, there are no deals. Yeah, I know. Someone laughed. I laughed too. And, and I have to always decide, how much time do I want to uh, spend with this person to, to convince them that, no, there are deals or there are strategies to make a no deal a deal? Or, how, or do I just want to let them just wander off and be negative somewhere else, right? Uh, so, so I'll tell you guys, it is a tough market. We've never had a tougher market. But your job as an entrepreneur, no matter what business you're in, your job as an entrepreneur is to look for the disruption in the marketplace. Come up with a solution for that disruption, put a process around it and implement that disruption over and over again and make it so processed you can give it to somebody else to implement for you. And then do what? Be heads up looking for the next disruption that is coming. Because are we not just in a series of disruptions our entire life? And the answer is yes. Those of us who are smart are not going to get down on, oh, this is a terrible market. It's so hard to find deals. No, instead they're going to get up on finding a solution. So I have solutions for those types of phone calls when the seller wants full price, right? And also, do we have some realtors in the room? Okay, a couple of you guys. Realtors, would you like to list one of these properties where the seller wants full price? Okay, a couple of you guys said yes. And then realtors, do you ever pay any marketing fees to be able to get potential listings? Yes. Man, did you guys just see a disruption? You know, there are very few properties that are listed on the MLS and the ones that, the ones that are, get on there, how quickly do they sell? Usually in less than 30 days, but it's hard to get those listings too. So now your other job is you just became a marketing company for realtors. You're welcome, right? It gives them an opportunity to make money too. And because you're a marketing fee, a marketing company, you can get a marketing fee. Now notice very clearly, I did not use the word referral fee. 
because realtors cannot pay a referral fee above $50, but they can pay marketing companies to bring them leads that later turn into listings that they can sell. Yes, yes. Okay, two people are really into this. Fantastic. I know I'm really doing my job here. Uh, so yes, Landon, Landon, I probably wouldn't put it under contract. I would probably just get it to a realtor before you put it under contract. And the way that I like to do it, and and um, so um, if it's if it's a listing uh, opportunity, um, you decide who in your business is going to come in and put that in front of them. Uh, but you may say, listen, uh, I've got a great friend who's a realtor, right? They'd love to list your house. I don't know if they're going to be able to get you what you want. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get you what you want in the time frame that you want it. So what I've negotiated with this realtor is in the event that they can't sell it at your price or in the time frame that you want, I'm going to keep my offer there. And there's going to be an exclusion in the listing to where if the seller sells it to you, Landon, they don't have to pay a commission. So you're a, you're a plan B there, right? And then if they do sell it, then guess what? That's your marketing company, right? So you got to maximize that lead somehow because it's expensive to do marketing. It's very expensive to do marketing, right? Do we want to capitalize on all of the marketing that we do? The answer is yes, we do. So we got all sorts of different ways to be able to do that. Um, the other thing that uh, was actually going to be the formal tip of the week uh, that I wanted to go through, but since we had this conversation a little bit earlier, I want to go through it as well. So that was going to be to find different ways to be able to keep your powder dry. What does that mean as a real estate investor? What does that mean as a real estate investor? Keep your powder dry. Keep your, hang on to your capital. Hang on to your cash at all times. How do we do that and also invest in real estate, which is the most capital intensive business that there is out there? Use other people's money. Give me some examples of how we could use other people's money. I'm sorry, you said co-investors? Okay, so partners. Did you, hard money lenders? Yes, seller financing. What's, what's that? Seller financing. What kind of seller finance? He's like, that's all I got. <laughs> pick, pick somebody else. <laughs> yes, crowdfunding. Okay, the millennial speaks. <laughs> uh, crowdfunding, subject to. Okay, how many of you guys are familiar with buying subject to? Okay, a couple of you guys. All right, wonderful. Um, so for us, we like to buy subject to the existing financing. What does that mean? We like to take over the mortgage payments of the current homeowner. How do you do that? Is that even legal? What? Yes, it is. Anybody in here, it's usually the realtors who say, that's not legal. You can't do that. But what is so interesting in this case is the realtor actually threw that out there, which I'm so impressed with. It's like we're, uh, it's like we're cut from the same cloth here. I like this. Uh, who are my realtors in here who are like, wait a second, can you even do that? It's okay. It's okay. Oh, you guys are all full on investors. You guys are all full on investors. I love that. So, so sometimes realtors will say, well, you can't do that. That's illegal. Well, who says, where does it say in the law? It doesn't say that anywhere in the law. It's not a short sale. Uh-uh. No, not at all. In fact, there's an actual form that's created by TREC, the Texas Real Estate Commission, the, the licensing board that license realtors, right? That actually has a seller finance addendum and an owner finance addendum. So how could that be legal if the Texas Real Estate Commission actually provides you a form so that you could do it correctly, right? 
So sometimes you'll run into realtors who say you can't do that. Or sometimes you'll run into investors who say you can't do that. And a lot of times you'll run into investors who will say, well, wait a second, doesn't that violate the, the due on sale clause? Is anybody worried about violating the due on sale clause when it comes to buying subject two? Who, who said that? Who said who cares? You said who cares? Okay. I like you even more. Just like, you, you want the mic? <laughs> so, so it, I, I do care. I do care. But, 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 but let's talk about the due on sale clause because that's something that really makes a lot of investors nervous. If I buy it subject to, well, wait a second. What if the lender calls the note due as a result of the due on sale clause? Well, why would the lender do that? They wouldn't. They wouldn't because it's a performing asset. Well, what if they find out? How do they find out? How do they typically find out that someone bought that house subject to the existing financing? The, the payments come, no, they don't. Do you, do you think Wells Fargo is like, oh, Shanoa Grove. Let me see what the check says. Oh, love American homes. No, they've been cashing those for 20 years from me. Do you think they care? Under what circumstance would they, would they start to care? Who would tell them? Accounting, no. It's usually the seller who, who says this. Hey, Wells Fargo, um, I really don't understand this. Uh, th this note still shows up on my credit report and like I sold the property to an investor. And like, can you just like get it off the credit report because it's really bothering me because I want to go and do something. <laughs> yes? Is that what they say? More or less, a little dumber. I did my best. It's hard for me to pull off. Okay. Is anybody, is anybody, is anybody, I wish my husband was in here. I've been waiting for him to hear this, hear me say this. But um, when you're buying subject two, I want you guys to think about it like, um, has anybody seen the movie Fight Club? What's the rule? Who said that? What's rule number one of Fight Club? We don't talk about Fight Club. Okay. We have borrowed rule number one from Fight Club when it comes to buying subject two, okay? So, but do we have to communicate rule number one? We have to communicate rule number one to who? The seller, <laughs> right? Because if we don't communicate rule number one to the seller, the seller is gonna violate that rule and the seller is gonna tell the bank and the bank's gonna say, well, normally when they call the bank, they're talking to the PhD at the bank, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, who are they talking to? Customer service in which country? Oh, babe, you're, you're in the room now. I was, just, uh, I was just asking for you. I was, I was thinking you would love this. So we were talking about buying subject two. This is my husband, everybody, Phil Grove. Everyone say hello. Yeah. So uh, he, he and I have been investing together uh, these last almost two decades. And I, we were talking about buying subject two. We were talking about keeping our powder dry. And we were talking about different ways to do that. And buying subject two is one of those different ways. And I asked if anyone was afraid of the due on sale clause. We have a very brave audience tonight and no one in here is afraid. In fact, someone even said, who cares? So I said, well, sometimes these things, you know, can get you in a little bit of trouble. And I said, who's the, who's, who are the loose lips that will sink your subject to ship? And I said, usually it's a seller. And I said, when you guys are working with a seller, you have to bring up the movie Fight Club. And you have to go over what the number one rule of is in Fight Club, which is what? We don't talk about, we don't talk about Fight Club. So when it's coming to subject two, we don't talk about that with the lender. But what do we do every single time? We make our payments on time each and every month because at the end of the day, is that really all that that bank cares about? 
The answer is yes, but don't forget rule number one. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, say it again. Oh, um, so I would tell them unless you want the, unless you want the note called, um, you, you don't want to mention it because it does violate the due on sale clause. Let me go, let me go, let me finish this tip. Um, just so you can understand this. Uh, so, so when you don't make a payment, what, what, uh, does that violate the, uh, deed of trust? It does. Now, if you don't make a payment, do they say, do not pass go, do not collect $200. We're going straight to foreclosure. No. Do they give you the opportunity to reinstate that mortgage? Yes. Up until when? Up until it's at the foreclosure auction, right? Yes. Yes. And then you could get all the way there and you could reinstate it. And then you could stay ahead on payments for maybe a few months. And then you could do what? Miss payments again. Is there anything in the deed of trust that says if you get behind more than once, we're not going to let you reinstate? No. Is there anything in the deed of trust that says you cannot cure a default, which is violating the due on sale clause? No. How do you cure that default? They give you a couple options. Paid off is one, right? What's another option they give you? Deed it back to the seller. And then at the same time you're deeding it back to the seller, what are you also going to do? Deed it right back to you. And which one are you going to show the bank? Yes. And how often, and then, and then, and then how often can you do this? How often can you violate the, deed, the due on sale clause? The same number of times that you can violate the payment clause, right? There's nothing in there that says if you do this one time, you, we are going to foreclose, we are going to foreclose on this. There's nothing in there that, do, that says that. So in that case, you can volley this thing around forever. Does that make you guys feel a little bit more comfortable about it? It's a cool strategy to be able to uh, keep your powder dry. So that's the tip of the week. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at TexasStarterKit.com. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe, comment, or share with other investors. Or join us directly at TexasStarterKit.com.